episode 240, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 5, episode 8, The Last Day. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, all that that entails. And today it entails the thing that brought us to podcasting about it in the first place, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's nice. It's nice. It's actually also kind of nice to only do one episode this week. I mean, technically two. Um, and that other episode this week actually features the other two people who are with me right now. And that is Agent Stu. Hello. And Agent Samantha. Hello. And I'm Ben. And yeah, the other thing I was talking about is the welcome to the Infinity Initiative. Uh, we are on week four with that. And Stu, why don't you take a moment and just tell us what uh, the Infinity Initiative it is and let our listeners know what it is. I can tell you right now, listeners, you can find it on our website at welcomelove7.com, but you can search for Welcome to the Infinity Initiative on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all the all the places where the podcasts are. But uh, Stuart, what is Welcome to the Infinity Initiative? Well, Welcome to the Infinity Initiative is basically a quick walk down memory lane of the MCU movies. Um, back at the first of the year, which seems so long ago now, but actually it really isn't. <laughs> we we uh, hit on the fact that if you watched all, if you took all the weeks and watched one movie a week, you'd run right into uh, Infinity War. And so that's what we did. And we're going to do a show about it. So the first couple of episodes, obviously, were Iron Man. Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, and this week we released Thor. Um, so, you know, they're they're short, they're they're fun, they're, oh, do you remember that scene? Or, oh, I forgot Coulson was in this one, or, you know, those sorts of things. So uh, head on over, take a listen. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah, and, and they are short, but they are not in this feed. So if you're listening to welcome no. to level seven right now, and you're wondering, well, I haven't seen this yet. I mean, I've seen you talking about runways and I've seen you talking about this thing and that thing. Uh, that's because it's on its own feed. And so that's mm -hmm. why you, you do need to do a search on whatever podcast catcher you use, uh, mm -hmm. or just go to our website on our website. They're all there, you know, just everything's all here. Uh, and I think it's welcome to level seven.com slash infinity. And if you put that in, that'll take you to, only those episodes on our website. And the, and the reason we did that is because we've already covered um, these movies. And, and when Black Panther comes out, we will cover it. You know, we didn't want to, we didn't want this to be cluttering up that. So we, um, yeah. 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 And also we were already putting out two episodes a week at the time <laughs> with That's runaways true. and we agents of shield. And I mean, it just, the, the feed right now is just, we're covering it in real time and and that's an extra feed. And, you know, I think one more welcome to podcast. Uh, and we've got ourselves uh, our own a network. set of steak knives. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. well, we'll have to we'll, maybe that one will come about when the next Heroes gets relaunched or something. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Heroes burned all its bridges with me. So, 
And it better not get another one. <laughs> to be completely honest. Sorry, Daniel. Um, yeah. Uh, also, X-Files. No, not getting a... a <laughs> uh, it, oh, man. <laughs> it's been That's, rough. That is a rough one. You this, know what's this not season rough has right been now? rough. What is not rough? Yeah. Well, I really loved the last two episodes. I didn't love them. I they've gotten better, consistently yeah. better, uh, to the point where the last episode, the third episode, um, I it felt like a a middling X Files episode to me. But yeah, uh, it's just <laughs> you, you know what you know what hasn't been rough, and it's been wonderful that it hasn't been rough. I would love to hear it. Star Trek. Oh, there you go, <laughs> listeners. It is so good. Yeah. Don't you think, <sighs> Mr. Ben? I I do think that there's been some good stuff going on. Yes. And they're they're pushing the boundaries of my uh suspension of not disbelief, but suspension of plot uh gimmies. I mean, I, I'm we gotta give them some stuff here. As far as the, but then as I was thinking about it, it's not coincidence. It's not coincidence. It's all pushed by character choices. So that makes it it better for me. Uh, But it's so very character driven. Yes. It's it's so good. But then things will happen. You're just like, oh, come on. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) And yeah. And that's yes. all I'm going to say about that because yes. this is not the spoil Star Trek in your opening preamble. This is hmm. Welcome to Level Seven. <laughs> I was thinking about waiting until, uh, as everyone knows, North Carolina it snows in the south. Everybody freaks out and everything shuts down. I was thinking about waiting until the next snow day to get uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the CBS app, and then I re- remembered there's someone in my house who is homesick right now, and it. This person was complaining about there being nothing to watch on TV. I might go ahead and get that tonight for said person. So, oh. hmm. it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Uh, I am looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this also takes the place of our news segment because we don't really have any news <laughs> this week. So, um, it, it, <laughs> And so before we do turn it over to our actual conversation about this episode that features stuff that I like, Mm -hmm. but doesn't feature it in a way that I like, we'll we'll get to that. But uh, I do want to once again, uh, thank our Patreons uh, on our, from our Patreon page. Welcome to level seven. It has a Patreon uh, page where you can go and you can support the podcast. And if, if you want to support the podcast, I mean, there's many, many different ways to support the podcast. One is by listening to it. And one is by, you know, leaving reviews that are positive, leaving not positive reviews. Isn't a bad thing. It's just not supporting in the way that feels supportive. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh <laughs> And feedback, feedback, feedback is, is the support. other thing. Yeah, uh, so, calling in voicemails or, or uh, sending in emails, and uh, those are f- supportive. But if you want to support in a, in a monetary way, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, and you can join the ranks of Agent Adzi and Agent Jeffrey and Agent. Oh, I had him. Thir- yes, Agent Andrew. Oh, man. Uh, who have supported us at the welcome to level seven level 
or higher. And uh, it's really appreciated. Uh, and we want to thank them once more uh, for doing that and also just say, you know, it's there. Now, don't worry. I mean, we, we have the Patreon thing, but we are not hiding behind a paywall or anything like that. Everything you've been getting, you're going to keep on getting. Uh, it means, you know, the Netflix stuff, you're going to keep mm-hmm. on getting it at our our pace <laughs> but <laughs> but you're gonna get it okay <laughs> and don't 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 worry uh we won't release it earlier to the patreon people because we still have to talk about it <laughs> and in some case even watch it so yeah uh, yeah so anyway i'm looking at you punisher <laughs> and i'm looking at me looking at punisher but not watching punisher so it's coming yeah, I, it's coming i i'm uh, i want to see it so bad just haven't had the time. So I and almost it's... watched the first episode today and then I remembered I need to needed to rewatch Captain America the First Avenger for the Infinity <laughs> Initiative podcast. So that's gonna wait until tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we are taking some time right now to rest a little bit and only do one episode a week on the main <laughs> feed. Uh, yeah. so that we can get ready and kind of plan out what's gonna happen because we do have a news item. Oh, I better play the sounder because we do have a news item. All right, go ahead. Shield intelligence report. So, yeah, uh, Stuart, Samantha, we have a news item, and that is the Cloak and Dagger TV show on Freeform. Yeah. Uh, which is cable, not, not Hulu, not Netflix. Uh, this is on a cable channel, but it is supposed to be, uh, MCU and it is going to be oh they gave us a date i need to find june, the date june oh, yeah. 6th i thought june 6 june, june something yeah to the googles we're going to google we're june 7 you were so close man oh. oh so close anyway that is happening mm-hmm. and so and- as i was saying before i interrupted myself with a sounder <laughs> um we are we're strategizing right now how are we going to get Netflix stuff done and and when and uh, how will like how will Cloak and Dagger land as far as when the uh, Agent Shield gets done, but also when is Jessica Jones hitting? It's soon, by the way. So mm-hmm. that that's where we're at right now, and and yeah, it is kind of nice to just sit down, do one episode, watch our show. Mm-hmm. Watch our fun it, Agents of Shield show, and give the give our Agents of Shield show the proper the proper analyzing that you know needs to happen on it. I think we've still given it the proper analyzing. I, I don't the think Runaways is, has stolen from Agents. I hope Runaways hasn't stolen from Agents. No, of Shield, I, don't, but. I don't think it has either. I'm just saying that give it. You know, it's nice to be able to give it our full attention. Yeah, I guess that's a better way to say. Yeah, it. sure. So, speaking of full attention, let's give it our full attention. Are you let's ready? Let's do that okay. now. Let's do it. Mission report. Okay. So, this episode was like a, a deck of cards that was shuffled out of order. And uh, this episode kind of lived its life the way Robin did. The way it bounced around <laughs> from the present to the future and back and forth and gave us details and and gave us a really, really awful cliche. Oh, <laughs> such a bad cliche. We'll get there. 
I, I it's terrible. Hey, Samantha, yes. I don't think Ben likes the cliche. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. Well, I didn't think too much about it, and now that that Ben said something about it, I'm thinking, yeah, it's not exactly a perfect analogy. Well, the the deck of cards. That's not what I'm talking about. The cliche oh. was not the deck of cards. The cliche oh, was okay. something they did in this episode that was. It's so cliche that it gets made fun of in mm-hmm. in other places where, yeah. It, we'll get to it. it. We'll get to it. It, 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 okay. it, it bothered me. It bothered me a lot. No, I mean, the, the whole deck of cards thing, uh, that worked perfectly for me for what Robin was doing, not for this episode necessarily. But, um, but this episode does bounce back and forth and gives information in both present and future. And when I say present, I don't mean the present time of the episode because that's the future. I mean, the present time of today, which is the past of the present of the people who are living this episode right now. Yes. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, let's, let's start with, um, let's start with Mac and, and Flint and yo-yo before we we get into some of the, the heavier, the meatier stuff. Uh, because I think that's a, a pretty simple plot line that we've got going on here. And and it's kind of a nice, the simplicity of it is kind of nice. Um, because you got Cassius and he's angry and he's looking for signs of life on the surface because that's where our team are. And he's going to send Sonara after our team with all the resources at her disposal. And he's also going to punish the disobedience of the people, not with another renewal, but with straight up retribution. And so Yo-Yo, Mac and Flint, they need to get to level three because that's where Fitz in the distant past left shield tech for people in the distant future. And as they're looking, the people are turning against Flint and that's not good because but they don't like what Flint did, which was he stood up to the, the Cree and now the Cree are are retaliating and, and it's retribution. So while they look for the level three, uh, they try to encourage Flint on level three. They discover a Cree doing something suspicious. He's releasing a gas that they use to keep the monstrous what they call roaches uh, at bay. And they're now using it maybe for nefarious purposes. And so Flint, Mac and Yo-Yo get their stuff, start getting ready for battle, but realize that the roaches are gone and that the Cree actually released them down in the population. And there the roaches are threatening people and they are everywhere. And so Mac and Yo-Yo and Flint get to the air filtration system and they put the gas that keeps the roaches away into the air system. That puts the roaches on the run and herds them into one room where we get Yo-Yo in battle with all of them. And then with uh, the people are safe now. So Flint, Mac and Yo-Yo go to the people and tell them, Hey, we need to band together and and band together against the Cree. Don't let them divide us. And then they start taking people's metrics out of their arms. So that's the Flint, Mac and Yo-Yo subplot that's happening during this episode. And I just have to say Yo-Yo versus the roaches highlight of the episode possibly a highlight of the season definitely so far yeah, yeah. It, i mean she's I, 
she's a, she's awesome, and I like her power, and I like how it works, and I like how she uses it. I was expecting them to start playing time in a bottle. You know, I mean, it's just okay. So it's not as great as the Quicksilver scene in in uh, uh, whichever X Men movie it was. Days of oh, Future that, Past. Days of that one. Past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the thing about Yo-Yo's power because it's limited um, to yes. t- how long she can do it and how far she can go. Um, whereas Qu- uh, Quicksilver was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas he could go that fast as long as he wants. Yeah, I like well, limitations, and and so this is yeah. it's 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 speedster. You know, it's it's Flash, it's Quicksilver, it's it's all those kind of characters. But I love it when there's that limitation, and it's not a kryptonite limitation. It's just my power works this far, and then it pulls me back, and that's a really neat power. And yeah, the way they use the limitation, it, it's it's good. Yeah. Is this the episode where Mac and Flint sort of have a bonding or was that last episode? It was sort of that was last, last episode. episode. Yeah. Okay. I really like that from last episode, but that's all I'm going to say about that. So keep going. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. No, in, in this episode, they, they do have to uh, in, encourage Flint because he feels like, you know, he's, he's bearing some of the guilt here. Of mm-hmm. of what the Kree are doing, and yeah, it, and and I feel like Mac has the ability to step in as sort of a big brother or even a, maybe a father role for that, which I think is really awesome for the character of Mac, because I always feel I've always felt that his characters had one foot sort of firmly planted in the reality of things, whereas everybody else is sort of super spies or whatever. And Mac has been this kind of real life guy who just happens to be working for a super spy organization. Yeah. And when then of course, when he was in the framework, he got to have hope and that sort of fostered that. So I liked, I like that he's able to um, play with that a little bit or, or express it or work with it. However. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they've done some really good stuff with his character, Mm -hmm. and uh, I will not, will not put him on Death Watch. I mean, I will, they can riddle him with machine gun bullets in an episode, and he's still not on Death Watch for me. I mean, he's still going to make it out alive, because um, I just don't want to see him go. Uh, He's he's a character that, man, just, just love that character. And I'm loving what's going on with Yo-Yo, and, and, you know, as far as the dynamic with Flint, uh, it, it is kind of a, you know, one of those uh, uh, just makeshift nuclear family kind of things where you have mm-hmm. uh, Flint, you have uh, Yo-Yo, you have Mac. Um, Yo-Yo is able to relate to him on the, the inhuman side uh, where she, and she relates to him about, you know, her friends, how her friends turned against her when when she turned, became an inhuman. And and yeah, it, it's a it's a nice little little dynamic right now. We'll see how long that lasts, but Flint is also important to our other, uh, the other characters. They just don't know it yet. Um, but that's one of the things at the end of the episode is we find out that, that they need to find, they need to find Flint. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see, but I, I have a feeling Flint's going back to the present with them. I still, that I still makes believe sense. That. And I don't, I honestly don't know who he would 
if he is going to replace anybody, I don't know who it would be. I'm not sure he needs to replace anybody. No, no, just bring him into the team and and uh, mm-hmm. let let him be a new dynamic on the team. Mm-hmm. Team's getting pretty big, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, they whittle it down. You know, they bring in I don't know Bobby and, and Lance and and let them go to their own show that never happened. <laughs> Oh. I have more to say about him, but I want to save it for later. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, can we talk about time travel? Yes. <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll talk about the plot of this episode and what goes on with the characters, but let's talk about the the bigger plot here right now. Let's talk about the time travel that's going on here. It's a little confusing at, at first blush. Uh, but then once you dig into it, I, I don't know if it is as confusing as it seems when they're doing it on the, on the show, but here's the impression I get. The world gets destroyed and shield is not able to stop that from happening, but the shield team rescues a handful of people that become the people that are in the future. And then because of, Robin's prophecies, uh, Enoch sends the team into the future. They go to the future and the intent is for them to go to the future to find out how to stop this from happening. And then they go back into the past and they go ahead and destroy the world anyway. So we got this loop going where it's, the reason that the world gets destroyed is because they come back to the past. Is this one of those things where you just, you got to say to yourself, it's just a show. You should really just relax. Is that, I I thought it was my interpretation of it was they lived through it once. Right. Enoch went back and got them again so that they could, Stop it. I get. Yeah, so they could stop it. But how do they get back now? Well, I mean, they, they've got a time machine. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, true. that's the thing is. So the whole point, I think, of them having to wait until that point in the future is because they didn't have time to build their own time machine. They just did the schematics for the time machine and they hoped the people in the future would make it. Mm. So the time machine gets built over time and then in the future it's made. And so then Enoch, I don't think Enoch is coming back into the past. I don't think he was in the future. I think he was with Robin. And so Robin is saying, okay, these guys go into the future. And so they go to the monolith and what pulls them through the monolith is that time machine in the future. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And so the idea then is they go to the future. Fitz thinks there's, there's no use in doing this because you can't change time. It's fixed. And this whole loop, he's thinking it's happened many, many times over, you know, where they've built the time machine, pulled the team from the diner and then sent them back to stop the world from getting destroyed. And then it's failed. And because they, they show video then of Daisy coming out of the Zephyr right before the world gets destroyed. 
and she's not fighting Thanos. So no. this is a problem. It's not a problem until they make it a problem. It's, no, but yeah, she, it's okay she, if it's not Thanos. And really, she just walks out of it. They should just actually. They don't show her doing anything. So there's a little bit of room for interpretation at that moment. But basically, they have to go back in time and stop this from happening. Right. And so they need to find the they need to find the pieces of the weather dominator and pull them back. Oh, no, that's that's G.I. Joe when they were just <laughs> trying to figure out how do we do a five episode miniseries? Oh, I know. Weapon in the first episode breaks into three parts. One, two, three. There's our middle episodes. And then you have the final battle <laughs> and we'll do it twice. <laughs> there you go. Or or they need to get their their parents back together using the under the sea dance. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, so. They have to go back in time to save the world. But the question is, will they go back in time and save the world or will they go back in time and destroy the world? That's I mean, the question. I, I <laughs> Wild speculation time. I think they're going to save it. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because think of it this way. If it is a shared universe, and we've already established it is, um, if they destroy the world on the show, <laughs> what's Thanos doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it's not us who are wondering what's going to happen. It's it's well, what's his name? Voss, I think. Yes. I mean, that's a, a big part then of what's going on here. And, and it was a nice, surprising turn of events to me when you start piecing things together and and you have the people who are there with Robin. They do not want to let Daisy go back in time. Why? Mm-mm. Because she'll destroy the world. Now, how does that work? I, I don't know. Like, it seems to me, send her back in time, let her destroy the world. Then you get born. Uh, right. Because <laughs> if, if she goes back in time and doesn't destroy the world, then they are their parents already will never born. meet. Yeah. But the but then you get into a paradox because they're already there. We're already in Paradox City, man. Like this is. Oh, yeah. This is Paradox City. We have. Uh, we are in downtown on Main Street, and <laughs> you know, and, and we are looking at uh, the, the big the, castle, the city hall the building. The, yeah, the, the at the end of Main Street in the hub. <laughs> yeah, like, this is one of those paradoxes where you're like, okay, I'm just going to have to ignore the paradoxes because otherwise my head will explode. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and. Oh, go ahead. But I was going to say that all the flashbacks that we're seeing, they're that repeated cycle that they keep living through. And what probably what we are going to get is the cycle where they end that repeating cycle. You know, the record's going to stop skipping. Yeah. Yeah. And they get out of it. Because that's typically what happens in these situations on TV shows. It's interesting, though, because all those things that happened to them we actually haven't seen the world get destroyed yet mm-hmm. in those flashbacks. Right. So those flashbacks could be flashbacks of the life that they are able to live because the world hasn't been destroyed. And so how does that work with our team right now? 
Um, I mean, we could be looking at an ending where they go back, they stop the world from being destroyed, and then the the team that has gone back and stopped the world from being destroyed, those people disappear uh, because their future never happened. And so it's quite possible I'm, that, oh, man, I hate I would hate for that to happen because that means this I whole mean, season <laughs> has happened and, and, and then been erased. Right. <laughs> and that's a little worrisome. And for it's a little worrisome for the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe because if you start doing that, you could erase whole swaths of yeah. know, ten years of movies. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But the life I, that they live the first time. <laughs> so this is after. Okay, so they did the diner. Whatever they did in the diner, it's in one timeline they didn't get kidnapped by Enoch. And so they start living their lives beyond that. And it involves the lighthouse and it involves Robin and taking care of her. Um, I don't know. Or, or am I getting it wrong? Uh, all those things that they saw, was that them after they went back after I the think diner those things that we saw, those are what happened after they returned from the future. Yeah. So right. it would have been a few weeks after they were kidnapped from the diner. I I interpreted it as the other way. I interpreted it as uh, it, so if you draw a straight line, they lived through the diner. They might have gone to jail. They got out of jail, whatever. The world needed to be uh, was going to be destroyed and they were trying to fix it and it happened. So now they live on the lighthouse for whatever reason they died and then Enoch wouldn't go, wouldn't got them again. Cause that was the last time or wouldn't got them for once. Cause that was the last time they were seen together and now they're living it again. They weren't actually seeing all those flashbacks. No, they weren't. We were seeing, we were seeing them to give us context, but the characters weren't. So it's almost like you have two different characters. I wonder, I, Hmm. I wonder, though, I, I think that they might be the team after they returned the first time or the second time or whatever, um, or the third. I mean, whatever the cycle, wherever they are in the cycle. And the reason I wonder that is because they know about the lighthouse and they know about Robin and they're taking care of Robin. And what reason would they have to take care of Robin Unless they accidentally found out about her again somehow. So can we talk about Robin for a second? Yeah. So remind me of how we first met her. Um, her dad could see people's deaths, but only mm -hmm. if he touched them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that was way back whenever that was. I think mm -hmm. it was season two or three. Okay. So then... When does so? How does her how does her power work? She's not obviously seeing people's deaths. Well, she is seeing people's deaths, uh, but she's also seeing more than just that. And and then she is drawing this stuff on on her her little her notes, her pictures. So her father basically gave her that power and 
Yeah. So that was, uh, what season was that? Season three. I think it was season three. Yes. yes. And uh, the first half of season three. Um, and so with, with that, yeah. So now she's able to see all these different visions of the future, but she's lost. I think her, it's basically her psyche is lost in the timeline. She's not able to make sense of a linear. Uh, well, sometimes she can, sometimes she can't make sense of, of linear time. She's experiencing the past and the future and the present out of order. And, and mm-hmm. so that's where her picture, she'll draw her pictures. And, but then you have these, these moments of lucidity where she's talking to her mom because her mom is with her all the time. And, mm-hmm. and so she, her mom is able to, to witness it. And then you get the impression the same thing happened with May is, is May. And so you have Robin in the past talking to May and I think that that is May. That's future May. <laughs> so it's future May for us. It's future May for us. May in the future, 90 years in the future is going to go back in time and do all that stuff with Robin. That's, that's my, that's how I think. Then it's why working. wouldn't she remember it now? Who Robin may because it hasn't happened for May yet. That's, that's why. She is going to go back in time to the present day. And after she comes back in time, that's when she's going to connect with Robin. Hmm. Okay. I, I feel like this whole time travel thing, they've done it, but they've not explained to us how it works really like concisely. They may or may not, you know, that'd be totally, I'd, I'd be fine if they never did, but I don't feel like they've had that, you know, chalkboard moment where Doc Brown draws the, draws the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They haven't done that yet. No, they, they haven't. And that's that. Yeah. That's not, uh, they should have, <laughs> uh, or should in the future, like it'd be okay if they did it now, if they, if they're doing it, but in the, in the second movie <laughs> or in the, uh, in the, in the, in the next episode, you know, they have that moment where, Somebody explains something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it should be Fitz. Uh, except well, no, f- because <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say Fitz is Fitz is anti time travel. The only, the only way Fitz got from point A to point B is not through med- the magic of time travel. He invoked cryogenics. And that's how he was able to do it. He's not going back. He's just freezing himself to wake up in the future. Um, his stance is yeah, that but he can't he knows, go back. But he knows everybody else did from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I, I think we have a situation, though, where he believes it, you can move in time. He also believes you cannot change time. Like, yeah. He thinks yeah, I agree. time is fixed. Oh, and, you know how we've you know how we've talked about what's the worst thing that can happen to a character, mm-hmm. and then you do that thing. Um, I could. Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not actually putting her on death watch. But if Gemma dies, you better believe 
Fitz is going to figure out how to go mess with time. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he's going to, he's going to get his little police box and he's going to go in there and he's going to change things. You better believe that he's going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then he's going to be told that, that Simmons dying is, is a fixed point in time. He can't do anything <laughs> about it. And, and he's going to be a mad, mad little boy. And he'll refuse to ever watch Doctor Who ever again. <laughs> no, it just, but, it um, just brings back bad memories, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, that would be a Fitz, Fitz explaining it, you know, how what the what the laws of time travel are um, and having them be concise would be an interesting way to do it. But I don't think Fitz is equipped to do that. I don't think he has the knowledge because I think this time travel thing, it really involves this monolith which has been this unknown because Enoch brought them to the monolith, which sucked them through time. Mm -hmm. The, the monolith isn't of earth and therefore it isn't something that fits can be, can speak to, uh, precisely. Right. Or if he somehow gets his mind changed, maybe that's how we get the explanation is that he, he has the realization, wait, actually it works like this. Right. And then he starts right. drawing on the on the board. And, yeah. Or maybe when he said that time is fixed and you can't go back and change it, maybe that was just that came out in a moment of frustration from him because he's a scientist, you know, and and he's an engineer. You know, the numbers don't lie. It's it. And that's just something out of um, his realm of, of beliefs in theoretical physics that you just can't go back and change things once they've happened. Well, this isn't the first time he said that though. Yeah. I mean, his whole, when he, when he had the, the paper and he was sort of explaining quantum, it was the, uh, Einstein Rosenberg bridge, I think. No, that's, that's the rainbow bridge from Thor. No, I know, but there was, there was one. Anyway, he was explaining a very dense concept with a pad of paper. Or a stack of paper. Okay. Um, oh, wait, and, yes. And so that was also a time thing where he was basically saying, you can't change it, you can move through it, but you can't change it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I mean, because Fitz is not Scully. Okay, if you want to go back to the X-Files for a moment here, Scully was presented with so much supernatural and supernormal stuff that she just would not accept any explanation other than the scientific explanation that she understands and and she just wouldn't. And then, you know, well, I'm talking about early Scully and late Scully, mid Scully. She was accepting everything. Uh, but that's when Mulder wasn't accepting anything. I think Fitz here, he's surrounded by this wonderful stuff that's happening. I mean, clearly Robin is telling the future with her drawings or telling the past with her drawings, he's seeing a person who is unstuck in time in, in, in Robin's uh, just the way she lives her life. He's accepting of that. He's accepting of the possibility of traveling to the future through the monolith. It, yeah. It just all comes down to that fixing time and stopping something from happening. He, he just he cannot accept that. And so he does not accept that. And, uh, he's going to have to have his mind changed. And the only thing that's going to change his mind is them changing time. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, are, are, we, are we done talking about that? Because I have another point to bring up. Uh, Stu, you sound like you're about to say something. I was sorry. I was going to ask to talk about May and how awesome she is as a mom. Okay. <laughs> she is good. She does yes. a good job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Surprisingly. I mean, you, uh, you wouldn't think someone nicknamed the Cavalry would be a very good mom, but knowing her history and why she right. earned that nickname and that she's very protective of, of, of children. You, you could see how she turned into this mom figure, which I just loved. I, and I loved that it was a payoff for that character too. I mean, because she has been given the nickname, the cavalry. I'm not sure she's, she really likes it. I think that she sort of tolerates it, but I don't think she likes it. Well, especially with the backstory there. Right. Uh, with with the way that she was yeah. but with her, what's interesting is Robin dies in her arms. Um she just died in her arms tonight. Must have been something <laughs> she said. And then she's gonna go again, if this is if this follows uh Samantha and my theory, she's gonna go back in time and end up caring for this old woman who died in her arms, but she's going to care for her as a child and help her to, to survive to that point. Um, so there's, again, you're getting to paradoxes here though, where something, uh, it's funny. I've been listening to uh hitchhiker's side of the galaxy audio dramas, and there's this whole thing, repeating theme of whatever happens has happened. And if anything happens to cause something to happen, then that thing happened. And if anything happens to cause something to not happen, it is not, you know, it's just, that's what we get here with this paradox of there's, there's gotta be that first moment of something happening to push the other things to happen, cause and effect. But if there is no cause, what we have here is a loop of effect. And that's why I like time travel (laughs) because it lets you play with that kind of stuff. Or in short, as Robin said, they never really get uh, have to say goodbye to one another. Not right, really. Right. Because the goodbye that May is saying to her as an old woman that day, the last day. Um, right. That's a hello she, for her. She's going back in time. Yeah. And she's going to spend her, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see what ends up happening if they change time. But yeah, it's, it's Didn't interesting. Didn't we meet? Robin's mom, though. Yes, we did. Yes, Polly. Yeah, earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how does that work? Something happened. In the beginning of the episode, <laughs> they mentioned that Polly had died. Ben, that's the best answer. Something <laughs> happened. I don't know. Something we'll happened. Find- well, yeah, they they mention it, and the same thing with Mac. They mentioned that Mac is not there, and is possibly dead. And Yo-Yo is not happy and she's going to go fight whatever's going on mm-hmm. because she doesn't care about this time travel stuff or whatever. She's not going to hide out in the lighthouse. She's going to go out and she's going to fight whatever it was that, that took Mac away. Mm-hmm. And in that same breath, Flint, he's not around either. Apparently. Uh, yeah. And so those flashbacks to the past, I th- I don't know. I, I'm wondering if we're going to be seeing them again 
after the team goes back and we're going to see them in context. And, and I hope the context is Yo-Yo just thinks Mac is dead. I hope so too. For, I, I think this is unlike any time travel we've experienced. I mean, we're pretty, we're pretty versed in the pop culture time travel thing. So I would be interested to see if they were able to pull off something new, um, something uh, that we've never seen before. And so all of our speculation um, about how it could work out is just going to be not thrown away, but certainly not uh, adhered to the letter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it'll. Yeah, this is all just speculation. And so mm-hmm. we can just wait, see what happens. And hopefully it makes some kind of sense. Yes. Because <laughs> this episode, I just felt like it's confusion. And that's not a bad thing, but I feel like it's okay to, and good to have confusion if the confusion goes away by the end of the thing you're watching. And so the end of the thing we were watching for this time around, uh, I didn't feel that way. Now there's small things we're watching and then there's large things. So we watch an episode, but then there's a season or the pod or whatever. So hopefully by the end of the pod, the confusion will not be there. That's the hope. <laughs> okay. So my thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. And all of the flashbacks. Coulson is neither mentioned nor seen. Hmm. So my question is, what happened to Coulson during that time? That's a good question. One thing we also know is that the diner is the last time they were all seen together. Yes. So did he stay in the future? Did he go back into our present day, into 2018 or 2017 or, you know, around this time? Yeah. Um, did he come back and die? Did he you know, do something heroic. Uh, did he choose to stay behind to help people as he best he could? What happened there? So that's my question. He got into a Klingon bird of prey and did a slingshot around the sun. There's only okay. one answer for it. Okay. <laughs> the problem was he's not very good at flying the Klingon bird of prey and so he crashed. No, he crashed again. He's not but, good at landing the Klingon bird of prey. He flew it just fine. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I mean, part of me hopes that it does tie into something bigger, but the other part of me is thinking that that they're gonna, you know, this would be a this would be a good way to sort of wrap some threads up. If in fact season five is their last season. They want to, you want to go out on nicely closed up plot threads. You don't want to, you don't want to leave anything. I I think though, Samantha, that I didn't notice that. I didn't even think about that. I I think you're bringing up what just a really subtle teaser. You know, we're talking about, okay, well, something happened to Mac, something happened to Flint. Um, Something happened to Coulson. What was it? He, maybe he's just somewhere else and we just don't get to see it in the flashbacks. But um, now that you bring it up, that's a it's a nice, subtle um, teaser kind of thing that we get 
yeah, yeah. where is he? Um, I think there's a clue, though. And it comes from Robin. Because Robin says that he's the key, he's the thing that brings everybody together. Mm-hmm. So it has to do something with that. And Flint. Yeah, yeah. So it's something about everybody coming together with Flint. And that makes a change. Yeah. But for some reason, Coulson didn't bring everybody together successfully. And they went back into this loop. Well, I mean, Flint has projected. Uh, once he started putting rocks together, I think Ben said, oh. He's going to put the earth together. You know, that seemed very reasonable to me. So. Yeah, I, yeah, that was obvious. So, I mean, basically the first act of this episode is is Coulson and May uh, trying to do what we're trying to do. <laughs> trying to piece together all of these things from these glimpses of images and um, and trying to understand what Robin is is saying to them. Um as we're trying to figure out what, what this episode is saying to us. So that's, we're, we're with them. That's the one thing. Confusion is okay. If you're experiencing it with the characters, it just can't last forever. No, no. And I, I think that will change the next, uh, in, in the next episode that airs, we'll learn something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, there definitely needs to be that, that info dump, that dark Brown with the, with the, chalkboard info dump on how the time travel works on what's affecting it. You know, are we dealing with alternate universes or alternate realities and that sort of thing? Well, I have an idea who else could bring up that conversation. Enoch. Yeah. I mean, he's been around for 30,000 plus years. He would have some idea of how to handle it. It doesn't feel like he time travels though. He could just be really, really old. No, but, it, but it he's been around like the block somewhere along. <laughs> yeah. It seems like somewhere along the way he would have learned something about time travel. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's been on earth for maybe. that, that 30,000 years. And so it's possible that he just never came in, in contact with any, any time traveling technology or, or something like that. So, um, Unless he came in contact with the Eye of Agamotto, the the time stone, mm. which has been on Earth. Yeah, I, it's a, this is really sort of like dicey territory for them, because if they're going to do that, they kind of have to acknowledge that the Eye of Agamotto is a thing from the movies, you know? Yeah. Well, and they're opening a bottle, you know, and it's, it's that whole thing with toothpaste. Once you squeeze the toothpaste out. It's not going back in. No, it's True. really hard to put it back in. Yeah. And so if you're going to talk about Enoch and the Eye of Agamotto, I think what you need to do is just leave that for the um, companion comic book series <laughs> for the MCU. Because yeah, apparently yeah. right now I just can't do the TV and movie stuff together. Right. Grumble, 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 Eeyore, Eeyore, Eeyore. That's me right now. <sighs> so let's let's talk about what's going on in, on the Zephyr then. Okay. Uh, because this is interesting to me. This is really interesting. It was something I was not expecting to have happen. Voss shows up and he's the guy who's helping Robin. And he's the guy who rescued them from the surface of the planet and brings them onto the Zephyr. And, and then we find out that he is 
he's a nice guy, but you know, I mean, most murdering murderers who murder are, are nice guys when you first meet them, I guess, because he totally killed Deke's father. Um, Deke this whole time has been thinking this is, this is all crazy, ridiculous stuff. You know, none of this, uh, prophecy stuff is, is, is worthwhile. And it sent, you know, got his mom killed and got his dad in trouble. And, um, and so now he finds out it's all true. So he's trying to grapple with the, the truth of all this stuff, but then he's also trying to grapple with the fact he figures out that Voss killed his dad. And why did Voss kill his dad? Because his dad was a true believer and Voss and the other people on the Zephyr are going to stop Daisy from going back in, in time. And the, the revelation is, is very interesting. And it's not that they want to kill everyone. Uh, they just want to stop, stop Daisy from going back in time. Do you think this is a matter of what I have is better than what I could have? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I wonder if it's a matter of if we stop this, we stop the loop. This is, this is how they stop the loop. And if they don't let Daisy go back in time, I really think that they think they're saving the world by not I letting agree. her back in time. What I, I don't understand is he's having trouble trying to kill Daisy and he turns around and he kills Robin. Because Robin hasn't given them instructions yet on how to save the world. So you go ahead and kill the source that could possibly give you the information on how to save the world. Right. Because if they don't huh? have the information, then why would they go back in time? Right. Because they still they don't even know how to get back in time. And and Voss doesn't want the world to be saved. Well, to me, that, so, that just well, – well, he's obviously not thinking it through because if well, Robin yeah. has the solid <laughs> information on how to save the world, then – She'll give the solid information on how to save the world. She He knows that she can see the future. And yep. he knows that she can see into the past. Why is... I mean, I just think that he's not thinking it through that she is a key to get... Uh, to secure and, and keep the world from being literally blown apart. Yeah, but here's, here's where the time loop thing kind of comes into play. In, in the past, May talks to Robin and, and Robin says, you know, uh, may tells Robin, you will remind me that I have an important job to do, uh, because the whole thing with, with may in the future talking to old Robin, uh, and young may has to tell may or young Robin rather has to tell may how to get back and, and, and tell may about her vision of us saving the world. Now we see that after Robin is dying. So there's the big fight and, and Voss stabs Robin and Robin is dying. And then we go back into this flashback thing where may uh, is talking with Robin and, and Robin is actually, you know, pretty lucid with her. Um, and then we go to the future and this is, Oh, this is it. This is the cliche that made me so irritated. Robin is in the future and she's dying and she's like, I have to tell you how to save the world. Right. Let me whisper yeah. in your ear. And the only and reason that, for whispering is so that we don't hear it. Right. 
and and that irks me for a couple of reasons or the one reason in particular i remember watching serenity and and uh shepherd dies and i remember watching the commentary and joss is like no I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to have him tell the characters on how to solve this problem. That doesn't happen. And then it did. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, mean I, I don't know. How, I, I don't have, know how much he's involved and all that sort of stuff, but I still feel like it was, you know, even if it's loosely connected, you know, you've, you've, it, I don't know. In storytelling, a, a person's final words are super, super important. And, right. and, you know, in real life, a person's dying words are sometimes super important. Sometimes they don't make any sense. Sometimes they're just bleh. But in real life, a person's dying words don't don't carry the same kind of weight uh, other than to the person maybe who's sitting there and hears it and and treasures that as their, their final words. Like their final words are thanks, you know, or, or their final words are, you know, I love you or, or something like that. In this, in, in storytelling, a person's final words carry the weight of story <laughs> carry the weight yeah. of, of plot point and and that's what we get here is plot point she's gonna whisper to may how to save the world and i i'm watching it happen i'm watching <laughs> i'm watching may lean down and i'm just like oh i feel so bad for for ming na wen right now because I think that this is probably the second worst cliche in 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 storytelling is the whispered last words. I so mean, then what's the worst cliche? Yelling no to the screaming no to the sky. <laughs> that, that's the worst one. Whispering your last words is second worst. Third worst is whispering your plan when there's no reason to whisper your plan other than to make sure your audience who's watching doesn't hear it. That's that's about- the third worst. Where does uh, over explaining your plan show up? Oh, uh, probably around 20, 25. <laughs> okay. Like, like monologuing your plan. That's what I was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or for example, there was an episode of Supernatural, I think last season or the season before, where um, there was a ghost that was moving through the internet. And they went through and explained how the internet worked very poorly. Like it was an episode from oh the late nineties, <laughs> and so I, they were basically TV show explaining what everybody already knew, <laughs> because half the audience is probably watching the show through streaming, anyways. You know what though? I, I wonder. There, there's two things here that that need to be unpacked, and, and one is I wonder if they're explaining it poorly on Supernatural because the poor explanation is what fit the plot better. <laughs> So if the internet works like this, my story works like that. But no, if I actually, look at the internet, how it actually works, it's not gonna. No, actually it's because the uh, two writers of that specific episode are infamous with the supernatural fans because they are very poor writers. And the thing okay. that is that the show cannot just eject those writers because one of them is married to the executive producer. So, so the other thing I wanted to say was yeah. Anyways, I'm super, sorry. <laughs> Supernatural is your Star Trek, Samantha. And I don't mean it it, I don't mean it in because I, I don't know the level of your fandom for that. So I don't know how that stacks up to the level of like Stu's and my Star Trek fandom. I don't even know how it stacks up against your your Star Trek fandom, which one is be higher for you. But it's become uh, mentioned in every episode that you're on. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just like Star yes. Trek has become, I mean, yeah. It's a thing well, now. <laughs> and now that The X-Files is back for season 11, I might start mentioning that every, every episode too, so. Uh, well, as, as long as it gets better, I won't mind, but right now you mentioned, you mentioned X-Files to me right now, and I'm just like, <laughs> come on, X-Files, get better. Can can you even, Ben? Uh, I, I'd rather not even, but. Okay, so 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 what else did we what else happened in this episode that we need to talk about? Well, Robin dies and then mm-hmm. um we cut away to Flint Mac and Yo-Yo and then May declares, "We have to go back to the future." But who's <laughs> or to Flint? The island. Yeah. <laughs> but who's Flint? So Flint right. is is clearly a, a, a important uh, element. Um I think as far as sp- specifics that's going on here um there's one thing, one very big, important, fun thing that we haven't talked about, and that is uh, Fitz and Simmons. Yes. <laughs> Yay, Fitz and Simmons. They had a moment alone together since Fitz, since they got back together this season. Now, they have a moment alone in the room with the time machine. Yes. And that's an important element as well that uh, – they need the monolith pieces to run the time machine. Um, but yeah, they, they get their time alone together. It's yeah. nice. You know, it, it crossed my mind. What if they think about how Robin sees time as a figure about how the, the time machine works? Because Robin, essentially, she lives her life in slices and she moves back and forth. So I'm wondering if that's how they relate to the the time monolith. I don't know. It'll be yeah. an interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they um, techno babble their way out of it, yeah. <laughs> or into it, <laughs> or into it, or through it. Or you know, here's another show I love to mention: Doctor Who. Um, it could be like ha- how the, the TARDIS lives across all time all at once. Right. So it could be like that. What's interesting is they tied it to this monolith that stole Gemma and put her on a different planet. Not necessarily a different time frame, but a different planet. I think and it's a so, different monolith, though. It's a different monolith. But it's still a monolith. It's still of that same nature. Yeah, but then, mm-hmm. you know why I was so accepting of it? Um, <laughs> I wonder if the monoliths are kind of like, I don't know, big stone versions of the Infinity Stones or something. Like, you've got, oh, a, yeah. you got the time yeah. one, you got the space one, you've got the... Um, Soul. Yeah. Soul, space. Oh, I have them all listed here. Mind, yeah. power, reality. Yeah. So these are could be things that were created by the Celestials. It, they could be. I mean, it'd be interesting to get some more name dropping once we get moving past the we have to do this, we have to do that, and, and kind of get some of the yeah, the Doc Brown explanations. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I mean beyond that, it's I think we've covered most of the 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 broad, the broad steps, maybe not some of the specifics, but uh, 
the Deke's backstory is an, is an interesting one and, and why he's yeah. not accepting of the whole prophecy thing. And then he finds out it's all true. It's true. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. So it's, it, you it, know, what's really that's interesting. Not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. He never got to see his father again, but Daisy gave him the closure that he needs when she assured him that yes, your father would have loved to have patched things up. Yeah. That Which was a nice callback dad. too. Yeah. That was a nice callback was, to, uh, oh, what was his dad. name? Uh, Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin, but yeah. I forget what his name yeah. was. We just called him dad. Well, he was, he was Hyde. Uh, yes. That Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing going on. And, um, the, the character was actually Hyde from the comics, but, um, oh. yeah, that was, that was nice. And, and this whole season has been nice with callbacks like that. Like Max saying, Hey, I look, man, uh, I can sit with you because I, I know how you're feeling. I just don't know exactly what you're going through, but I'll, I'll sit with you, you know, and I'll, I'll listen to you. And, and that's Daisy too. She's saying, Hey, you know, I've got an experience similar to this. And, and that's something that we've been talking about. Well, my, with, with some of my kids where we're talking about using your experiences to help other people and, and the bad things that happen in life sometimes you're able to turn that around and say, okay, this is a bad thing to happen and it's terrible that it happened, but that's something that I can now use and, and at least be able to empathize better with someone who also had this bad thing happen. And it doesn't completely redeem or make that bad thing a good thing, but it makes it a less bad thing when you're able to help someone with it. Yes. Um, Oh, there's one little thing I wanted to mention. Yes. Uh, when Coulson and May meet meet back up again at the beginning of the episode, there's a little bit of sexual romantic tension between them. Um, I'm to, or I'm is to it the just point now, nice friendship? Or maybe it's just if they ex- just kind of ignore all the romantic stuff that was between um, Bot, May, and Coulson. If if they don't explore that with real May and Coulson, it would just feel weird. And if they never mention again, it would just be like, oh, here's a plot uh, that we decided to just drop. If they never mention it again, I will be yeah. A-OK. <laughs> uh, I'm getting to the point now where I, I can accept it. Well. You're more accepting of it than I am. Well, in my I, notes, I'm, I wrote May and Colson reunited, and it feels so good. Okay. <laughs> Either way, yeah. Oh, maybe it'll be a double wedding <laughs> at the end of the season and at the end of the series. I don't think so. And and Mac, we're, we're setting and, up a sitcom ending right here. Like no, and 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 Bobby and Hunter will come back and then they will both perform the ceremonies because why not? <laughs> no. There's another TV trope. Can't find a minister. I'll just have one of your one of the, one of the main characters on the show, you know. Universal Life Church. Yeah. <laughs> Was that Friends? Friends, Friends did it. Big yeah. Bang Theory. Uh what else? Lots of shows have done it. Yeah, lots. Because I shows. mean, it's a thing that people do. I mean, I know several people who are who technically can marry you. 
I wouldn't want ordained. them to. Yeah. Yeah. They're ordained by the universal life church. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. What else? I, I think that's pretty much it. Unless you guys have some other things. I just want to reiterate that yo-yo fight was awesome. That was yes. so cool. Once you realize what was happening, like it, I loved it, loved it. It was great. Can she do that again? I'd love to see that again. I'm sure she will do something even cooler. Okay. She'll also do she's, a couple things not as cool, but right. <laughs> <laughs> she's got the she's got the fire on her head. You know what I mean? She's 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 wound up. She's ready to go. Whereas the other characters are sort of little maybe a little planning or plotting. She's act act right now. So And she has and the, that the can be a good thing and a bad it. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, if she's hot headed and she acts before she thinks, then that can cause trouble. But sometimes you do need to just take care of an issue like those cockroaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's move over and and do listener feedback. We have uh, one voicemail that we're going to play, and then we will shut this episode down. Shield field report. Okay, so I, I, I don't remember what episode is being referenced by our caller. Um, I can't remember if it was actually Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or if it was Runaways. Samantha, was I talking about David and Goliath with you? Or was that with Evan? Yes. Okay, so it was Agents was of S.H.I.E.L.D. Then. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so this is from Agent John Wilkerson, and he has something to say about my joke about David and Goliath. The joke being... Why did he pick up five stones? You know, he's going to fight Goliath with his slingshot. He's going to get one shot off and, and then he's dead if he misses, you know. And so what, what's he going to do with the extra four stones? And so that's that's what John Wilkerson is, is calling about. And we're going to play it right now. Hello, agents. It is I, Agent John Wilkerson. And I just had to call in. I have been listening to your reports. And I'm listening to the latest report on, was it together or not at all? I think that's the one. Yep. Uh, So interesting. You mentioned the five stones that Goliath picked up. Not Goliath. (laughs) Ha ha! That David picked up. And the reason it's, this is conjecture, obviously, from uh, what I've read from scholarly papers, is that Goliath had brothers and you actually read about uh, in Kings uh, where David actually went and hunted down the rest of Goliath's family. And so that's the theory behind why David got five stones. Uh, so there you go. And you know, the whole stones coming together, remember the name of the show is Together or Not at All, and Flint merges the stones together, and so that kind of fits with the theme of the show, even though he probably could have just used one to take them out, but he sticks them together to show unity uh, with the team. That's it. Thanks for your podcast. Agent John is out. So that's, that's, that's uh, your Sunday school lesson for the evening and, or the, the morning or Whenever it is that you listen to podcasts, but um, actually, it's interesting. I had never heard that before. 
I had heard about the brothers before, but I hadn't heard that the idea was he had the extra stones for the brothers. So it's a cool idea. I, I don't know if I subscribe to it, but it's a cool idea. It's so Game of Thrones. <laughs> thank true. you, John Wilkerson, for writing it. Yeah, thank you. That was actually a really, really good conjecture. So, yeah. Well, that is also the end of this episode. And, you know, I I thought about talking about um, the Black Panther tie-in comic uh, post-credit. But, Stu, do you want to talk about uh, Star Trek? Boy, howdy, yes. Okay. All right. Sorry, Samantha. I, I know you don't want to be, be spoiled on that, but. No, I don't. Yeah. So this is this is goodbye, Samantha, for you. So what do you want to say uh, before we we shut this episode down and and have you? Thank you for listening. Listen to Welcome to the Infinity Initiative. You'll have a lot of fun there looking back into the past as we go into the future. Nice. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Way to tie it all together. Uh Stuart, do you have any anything to say before we, we shut this down? Thank you for listening and see ya. And I want to say thank you for listening and please you know let us know what you think. What do you think about all the time travel stuff? And and are you liking it? Are you, are you enjoying it? Are you not enjoying it? Uh, do you care? <laughs> Because that's the other thing. Sometimes travel stories, you're just able to just say, eh, I don't care. Phineas and Ferb, yeah, they can do whatever they want with time travel. Why? It's Phineas and Ferb, man. It's a cartoon and, and it's fun. And so maybe maybe we are getting into that territory, that Mystery Science Theater. Just say to yourself, it's just a show. You should really just relax. But I don't know. It's also fun to think about and talk about. But I do have some very important final words to give uh, to you, Samantha, and to you, Stu, and to you, our listeners. Uh, very, very important final words. So lean in close. Lean in close because you don't want to miss this. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Uh, Stuart, I, I'm not playing the, the spoiler organ. Um, I could, oh. maybe I should, because I think we're going to have to talk spoilers as we talk about just the mm-hmm. most recent few episodes of Star Trek. So if you plan to watch Star Trek and want to be unspoiled and be able to watch it, not the way I watched it and not the way Stuart watched it, because oh. we were both spoiled 
uh, with some of the stuff that was going on, some of the twists and turns that Star Trek has taken in its second leg here. Mm -hmm. But uh, we are going to talk very quickly about this, but there's you want to, I mean, Star Trek discovery, you want to discover this on your own, I think. So, so you have been warned. (laughs) Yes, we will talk. We are going to talk. Spoilers. Spoilers are happening now. This is the time where we're talking about spoilers right now. It's happening right now. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so, okay. Uh, (laughs) they're in the mirror universe. What? How did at and and uh, mm, there's so much there's so much and I'm glad it's not just one episode. It seems to be like there's a reason they're there. They have it, it's not just that they're there. Yeah. Well, here here's the thing. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And and some of it it feels like okay, it felt like to me, oh, we're just going to get out of this place in in an episode or two. Right. And, and then be back and, and go back to the regular story. But the regular right. story came with them. And right. And so Captain Lorca is from the mirror universe. Like the whole reason they're even there in the first place is because of him. And it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a thing that was added on halfway through the season. It wasn't like they went, Oh, you know, it'd be really cool to have kept. No. I mean, from the very beginning, him having the, the, the light sensitive eyes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, this is, they knew this is where they were going with this. Mm-hmm. This season was going to be set up for going to the mirror universe. Like that's, that's their build up. They're building up, they're building up, they're building up until we build up to this episode the most recent one where yeah, it's all according to his plan mm-hmm. that they're even there in the first place. And so first, well, no third episode, sorry. In the third episode, when he goes and picks up Michael from mm-hmm. the prison transport, it's, it's his plan. He's been mm-hmm. waiting for the time when he could catch her and get her out of there, get her out of prison. So he could take her to the mirror universe. Which which makes me wonder if why her so uh, why Michael right so it's got to be because she's dead in the in the mirror universe dead or in hiding but whatever I it gotta, is I mean wouldn't it be easier to find someone than hop a freaking universe <laughs> one way or another he can't get to her. And, and it could be death. It could be whatever. Um, death makes sense. Maybe he actually did assassinate her in, in that universe. Um, and, and now he's got this crazy plan. Use her to get close to Emperor Giorgio. Yeah. So, so I was sitting there, we're watching it. And and my friends over and we're we're taking it and and uh, Ash Tyler this is a couple episodes ago Ash Tyler's acting weird because he's weird and I'm like I wonder if he's from the mirror universe because they said something about his DNA not matching or something and I was like oh that'd be cool if he's from the mirror universe no he's just a Klingon wrapped in a human body so I kind of feel like I called it a little bit but no. <laughs> 
but here's the thing with that. I mean, we, we've got the same thing happening with with mm-hmm. Lorca and with him, uh, where mm-hmm. he, they're both sleeper agents or whatever. Like they're they're both going in in disguise. They're both trying to, uh, you know be seen they're both wolves in in sheep's clothing Mm -hmm. or wolf in the fold Mm -hmm. or whatever that episode title Mm -hmm. was named and and uh it just it's interesting because of the way that they're kind of playing with those themes uh i'm curious what kind of twist will be given to one or the other to make it so they're not the same so i wouldn't be surprised if that klingon uh lady shows up to be sort of on the uh, becomes an ally of the Federation, if not a full bore, she won't be the first member of the Klingon race in the Federation because that's Worf and it was made very apparently, but I wouldn't be surprised if she becomes an ally of theirs and helps to be, helps to, um, smooth into that, you know, smooth that relationship over, even if she excises herself from the empire. So here's the big questions are where are they going from here? You know, right. How many episodes do we have left? I think like two or three. So, so what I'm, what I'm really excited for is I'm not, I'm hoping not to get spoiled about it. And, and the only way to do that is to watch it as soon as it airs. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm really excited about where they're going, and I'm excited to see what what kind of adventure they take us on. And I'm and I trust that they have, you know, the best interests of Star Trek and the Star Trek fans at heart. And I think they do. I personally think they do. Well, what I'm curious about, I mean, they have the whole Klingon plot. Like I mm-hmm. thought that was the plot, and then, you know. And then it feels like, well, okay, well, you thought that was the plot, but now we're going away from that. And that, no, 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 we've actually had that Klingon who we've been with since episode one. He's actually been on the ship the whole time. Or not the whole time, right. but, you know, he's, he's been on the ship for these episodes when we weren't dealing with the Klingons. And I, there's there's two things they could do. One is all this stuff works out. They go back to the regular universe and they deal with the Klingon situation. How weird or cool or what would it be if they end up having to stay in the mirror universe and have the whole series be in the mirror universe? Yeah. So like they're just trying to stay alive in the mirror universe and they're exploring the mirror universe and, and they're, you know, I, the mirror universe itself, I mean, we talked about time travel and how, you know, if the world doesn't get with, with agents shield, if the world doesn't get destroyed, Voss is not going to get born. You know, because his parents right. won't meet. And so the whole conceit of the mirror universe where you have um, history diverges so early in their past. And yet still Captain Kirk and Spock and Cisco a hundred years later and, mm-hmm. and apparently uh, Giorgio and and Lorca, uh, you know, all these people. It's, it's a it's a mirror universe. It makes no sense that these people should even exist. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like slight divergencies. It's it's the whole universe or the whole galaxy anyway is taken a completely different direction because of the Federation. You got to accept that. And and if you can't get past that, then you're not going to enjoy it. But if you can and then they're in the mirror universe and. 
maybe I, they'll do a Trouble with Tribbles episode where they actually are on the Enterprise while Kirk and his other guys, uh, Kirk, who was it? Kirk and, no, it was Kirk, Uhura, uh, I think it was maybe Chekhov. I can't remember, but when they were in the oh, mirror yeah. universe, maybe we'll get like a trials and tribulations or whatever when, you know, Cisco goes back in time and it's actually inserted into that original episode. Could we get Michael inserted into the, the mirror universe enterprise? Okay. Probably it not, would, but <laughs> I mean, that would explain why we don't have, uh, I mean, why there as an, there isn't a discovery in, in, you know, like we've never heard of the, the starship discovery. It would explain that. Yeah. Well, it, it, it got lost. Right. 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 Um, I don't know that I want it to be a mirror universe show because of all the things we've talked about, you know, on all the, on all the put, I still want it to be this bright, happy future of star Trek. But, you know, again, that's me writing the show and I don't get paid to write the show. So they do. Um, but yeah, I still want it to be something, something not. And I don't know how well, I mean, I'd have to be, the mirror universe would have to win me over. What's, and I'd want that. Yeah. I don't think I want it either. I don't think they're going to because they have all this stuff happening uh, on regular universe side that they still need to um, you know, follow through on with, with just story. But <laughs> the one interesting thing to me is, I mean, in, in Deep Space Nine, we had Section 31 first show up, I think. And then think so it got retconned into the, the past. Um, with Enterprise. Yeah. But with Section 31, you have this kind of dark underbelly, this kind of unnerving side of the Federation where we're the ones who do the things that nobody else wants to think about doing and that has to get done and, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And that's where I thought they were going with Discovery. Lorca and it, is the guy who's doing the things that need to get done because no one else is willing to do them. And, and then it turns out he's just evil from the mirror universe. <laughs> and there's, um, the, you know, they didn't, they let, I guess lampshaded it, but the, 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 in the number on the, the registration number on discovery is NCC one zero three one. I, I, if you can't make that on accident, <laughs> well, what do you mean? So, if you're gonna use if you're gonna use three one in your thing in your registry title, and you're gonna have a ship that is, oh, you know, I, I see what you mean, black ops and doing the things that people don't want to do and is secretive. You don't put yeah. three one, which we've already had a section thirty one in the registration number and have it and not have it mean something. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. I'm wondering what that means for the future of like Michael and, and I mean, really, and, and the, and the crew. Um, but I, I, I thought that that dark side of the bright future that you're talking about was what they were trying to get into with, with Lorca, but it, and they kind of are. It's it's that flip side. It's still the flip side of of the Federation. Uh, it, it just isn't someone from within the Federation who's mm-hmm. 
the the yeah the, the symbol of that dark side so so what do you think of what do you think of michael do you think she's a little too earnest no no and and the reason why is i she's trying hard but not succeeding and it's interesting she's basically the spock character Mm-hmm. You know, struggling with her human side and mm-hmm. uh, her human side being all of her, but, right, uh, you know, trying to find the, the balance between what she learned on Vulcan and what she feels as a human. And uh, I do. I do appreciate that when Sarek shows up in the mirror universe, he does have a beard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he does have that goatee beard. Um and that was also very interesting that that when they go to the resistance planet right before it gets blown up, uh, they do have the Tellarites, they do have the Andorians, and they do have the um, the, oh, the Vulcans and the Klingons. The Vulcans and the Klingons, and so this would have been sort of right at the very beginning of the Federation. I mean, I know it's after Enterprise, but still. Uh, we haven't seen Andorians yet. I think I'm fairly certain we haven't seen Tellarites yet on, on you know? discovery. You mean? Yeah. No, I don't think we have. Yeah. And so the first time we see them is in the mirror universe. And that's an interesting, I, I don't know what it means, but it's an interesting sort of thumbtack to, to look at. Well, it's a, it's, it's a nice reflection of the, the Federation. I mean, mm-hmm. They're they're a resistance and they're working with the Klingons instead of the humans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I'm interested to see where it goes. I, I know they've got picked up for season two, so I'm 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 excited to see where it goes. All right. Well, that was uh, the most recent edition of Welcome to Section Thirty One. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for listening. <laughs> well, we'll see you next time. Uh, so next time we'll talk about, or I'll talk about some comic book stuff. But how is that Black Panther tie-in? It's, it's not bad. It's what's fun about the the comics uh, that are tying into something new is, you know, a lot of times the comic book that's leading up it's it's you know Prelude to Age of Ultron. Well, Prelude to Age of Ultron was Avengers Assemble. It was just right. a comic book version of the movie and mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man, the prelude to Spider-Man homecoming was Captain America civil war. It's the <laughs> comic book version of, of that. And it's more Spider-Man specific, but it's it, yeah. But, but with this black it... Panther and with Dr. Strange too, um, they were their original stories that are kind of setting up backstory. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'll talk about that next episode. That movie's going to be so good. So excited for Black Panther. I'm so excited. All right. Thanks, dude. All right. See ya.